0: Hello, friends, and welcome back to another episode of Coaches Exploring the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People from a Principles Behind Clarity perspective. And this week, we're diving into Habit 4, Win-Win. Um, but before we get there, in the book, we're into Part 3, Public Victory. And it starts off with a bunch of stuff around that's titled The Paradigms of Interdependence. And uh, the the main kind of... Uh, concept here and this is in this part is something that that i've been really struck by for since i first picked this book up in the early 2000s is the emotional bank account and uh you know if you think about a regular bank account there's deposits and withdrawals and the, the concept here the, or the metaphor of the emotional bank account works the exact same way except in the realm of human interaction so as you're interacting with people you're either uh, making a deposit or a withdrawal and uh a few key things this this really was resonating with me this time as I read through because I just finished a course with some retail managers and this is a concept that I I bang on about a lot with them and the the biggest thing is that the person who determines whether something's a deposit or a withdrawal is the receiver so you you may think it's a deposit but unless the person receiving it thinks it's a deposit it's not necessarily a deposit so it's it makes a little tricky because it's not kind of uh, universal or standard across all people in all situations, even the context of uh, something that could be a deposit today may not be a deposit tomorrow for that very same person because the the context has changed or the circumstances around them have changed. Um, but it's just an interesting thing. And I, I often point with my retail managers that I work with when they're having issues with a staff member or whatnot, the first place I point them to is just getting some awareness around where is their emotional bank account with that person and in, in very almost with an exception if they're having a problem with somebody their emotional bank account is very low they're very withdrawn with that person um, there's low trust uh, the person doesn't feel safe around them doesn't feel uh, valued by them etc cetera, etc cetera. and you can imagine all the, the things that come out of that um, and uh yeah, yeah go ahead.
1: Just as you're speaking, Gray, I'm just kind of thinking as well, you know, in an, an emotional bank account, how often we can get caught up in a, um, you know, if we don't have clarity on where our experience comes from, mm. um, on a kind of an IOU kind of mindset and behaviour, which, you know, could show up and be counterproductive in a, in a working relationship sort of situation mm. or even in a family relationship, or any relationship. You know, somebody is feeling... And indeed, of course, we go on to, you know, sort of the idea of win-win or win-lose, but the idea of, you know, somebody is... When you're played with, let's say, uh, you know, you bet on something that is emotional, you can easily see how it's, you know, get into a kind of less than feeling. Mm. You know, and anything that may consequently follow when you're feeling less than your counterpart sort of thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And this the, To your point about, um, you know, experience and what we know about where your experience is coming from. On the one hand, you could say, well, um, the emotional bank account doesn't apply because anything that somebody's feeling is coming from them, not from you anyway.
1: That's right. Yeah.
0: Uh, um, However, it's you know things like common courtesies and, and being nice, or um, you know being straightforward. I'll, I'll, I don't know if I've used this example before, but I had one manager, so she she and another lady weren't getting along. Her subordinate, and there was something about the way she was interacting with customers that was she didn't like. She and she she was hesitating to correct this person's behavior or bring it to their awareness because she was afraid, she didn't, you know, she was afraid we don't have a good relationship, He's gonna take it wrong, whatever. Anyway, so I coached her around how to approach it and whatnot. And to make a long story short, she talked to her about it. And sure enough, the lady had no real awareness that it wasn't a proper behavior, a proper way to deal with customers. And once it got kind of exposed, she realized, oh, okay. And, And the next day, or I don't know, very shortly after, a customer sought out the manager to to give her a compliment about this employee, about how great she was at, at with customer service. So, you know, the my yeah. takeaway from that was, you know, here is this incident that she was terrified of addressing, thinking it was going to be a withdrawal to deal with, and it ended up being a huge deposit because it 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 opened the doorway for her to become a much better employee and ambassador for the company and deal with customers properly and, and the person's self-esteem was through the roof because now customers were like going out of their way to compliment how great she is with cu- the customer service. Um, so it, it's kind of interesting.
1: Interesting and I think it's, it's it. I could, you could take this even much further. I'm just thinking as, as he says, you know, the emotional bank account, if I make deposits into an emotional bank account, with you through courtes- courtesy, kindness, honesty, and keeping my commitment to you, I build up a reserve. Well, if we think about it, those things are, according to the principles, they are already in your nature. They are innate in you. Mm-hmm. So there isn't much of a reserve to build up, except that awareness of them. So I'm thinking of yeah. the lady who couldn't, you know, she couldn't bring herself to maybe correct the behaviour that she thought was was incorrect or whatever. But if she knew where her experience was coming from and that all those things, she already has the ability to be able to correct that behavior or address it. Let's say we're not correcting anything, but you address it with her employee or whatever. There wouldn't have been any problem in the first place because the lady would have had a much stronger grounding and ability to deal with a situation that is indeed an inside situation, not an outside one. Yeah.
0: For me to reading through this, it, it, it really hit home that in coaching, the power of connection, of holding a space for somebody, yeah, like the, the you know, like the notion of um, people just want to be understood, yep, and uh, what a de- like what we're doing as coaches is making huge deposits into people's emotional bank accounts when we just sit there and and listen to them, and and yeah. they feel that connection, they feel that that trust, the lack of judgment, the openness, um, you know, deposit, deposit, deposit.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Yep. Your bank account should be overflowing today, Elaine. It should be overflowing <laughs> 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 after our conversation this morning. <laughs> no, that's so, that really, that speaks deeply to me. It? Um, also we're, when it when it goes on to speak not not about uh to, to move out of the, the emotional bank out and start, start starts talking about ourselves where he, he goes here so um the place to begin building any relationship is inside ourselves he goes on say inside our circle of in- influence inside our, our own character but that that speaks directly to to everything that we we believe about the principles if we don't start there we're we can't build an emotional bank account with someone else if we don't start there, Yeah, if we're not in, in that place in and in of ourselves. So, yeah. yeah.
0: And this part on 222, the golden rule kind of resonated with me because of my, my Christian upbringing and the golden rule is kind of uh, always uh, top of mind. But it says, the golden rule says, do unto others as you would have others do unto you. on the service, that can mean to do for them what you would like to have done for you i think the more essential meaning is to understand them deeply as individuals the way you would want to be understood and then to treat them in terms of that understanding so it's a i was like wow (laughs) that's such a a deeper meaning to the golden rule and it really resonated for me as, as a coach of yeah you know, understanding somebody's world and treating them from that place, from the context of, of their own world.
1: Um, yeah.
0: And the, through this whole thing, I mean, emotional bank account, the, the two words, that, or three words, I guess, that were ringing in my head the whole time was the Sid Banks love and understanding. Mm. Like, that's, you know, the core of this whole thing.
2: I I actually that came to me when i was making my final notes and i pulled up that's so funny you pull, you said that Greg. i pulled up the quotes. i was thinking i know i know there's something in my mind here for the whole this piece the paradigm the paradigms of interdependence and the whole win-win thing um it, what's what struck me was that whole love and understanding in the quote if i may read it is because yeah, i pulled it up um, love and understanding harmonise the mind of humanity to its inner, to its true inner nature. What you give in life is what you receive. To give love is to receive love. A mind full of love and good feelings can never go wrong. And that that somehow through all of this, through the the paradigms and through all of the win-win, it's it's about that. It's about connection. It's about love. It's about understanding. It's about starting with yourself and. Yeah, that
1: really sort of was kind of rang true for me. I love that, Lynn. It's uh and again and again it's always although you know the whole of, of Stephen Covey in this book, of course, he's talking about relationships and in particular uh let's say leadership roles or or relationships within an organization. But this it's 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 so clear how this is so it's 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 basic you know and the relationship at the beginning always starts with self
2: Mm.
1: before you can even entertain another it's got to be clear for you so sort of from from one already you, you you can make two from one but you can't make one from two sort of thing yeah
0: well it it speaks to grounding, I think what you're saying too. It's mm. like, you know, it all yeah. like everything it starts it starts with you know Jamie says uh, the most impor- important person to keep ca- be calibrating is yourself. Yeah. Right in in, in the realm of interdependence or, or relationship building. If you're not grounded, if you're not in that place yourself, then it's gonna be impossible to to have a connection with somebody. Yeah.
1: And uh, Lynn and I coined a phrase this morning, which was the, mm. it, it's not even, you know, inside out, it's inside in. Mm. That, that's where the relationship starts, let's say, understanding the relationship between the various parts of your being yeah. and and starting from there. So inside in, in, in that kind of yeah. sense. Yeah. yeah.
0: It's funny when you say that, I, I think of the, uh, I don't know if this was a sid quote or something but it's something about like uh there is no outside like okay. <laughs> there is only the like inside in makes sense to me because yeah. it's the whole thing is inside it's the only thing we can experience
2: yeah
0: as an inside job
2: yeah
0: so moving out of emotional bank account into habit for itself think win-win um I, I love Covey's stories, and in, in this one he opens up with this story about some business person he was working with who had problems with his people and the sales. They, were, uh, they weren't they were cooperating and all this stuff. And he says, is your problem the people or the paradigm? And the guy goes, well, look for yourself. And on the surface mm-hmm. it appeared to be the people, but then it ended up, no, no, it was, it was the whole paradigm and the system um, wow. and, and all the rest of it. And it, it's funny because this, when I first, came across this in the early 2000s when I was working in the grocery business. We used to do these sales contests with the stores and this kind of paralleled what our experience was. We would do a sales contest and, you know, the top three stores would win a prize and the other hundred stores would get nothing. And guess what? Every contest, it was the same three stores, maybe just, you know, one, one contest, number one would be number three, number three would be number one or whatever, but it was the same three jostling for those top positions. And nobody else did anything. They weren't really participating. Um, and then what, what, I took this to my boss and said, "You know, we got, we're going about this all wrong. We need a win-win contest." And he was like, "What the hell are you talking about?" <laughs> so I, can, I devised a scheme whereby the best store kind of set the benchmark for the, what the performance target was, and then if any any other store was within, say, ten percent of that top store then they also won. And so instead of having three stores participating in every contest, we all of a sudden had, you know, more than 50% of the stores participating. There was always the bottom stores that, you know, as soon as you send out the details for the contest, they already go, ah, there's no way I can win, so I'm not even gonna try. Um, but, but over time, as we did these contests, more, more people started participating because they realized, that no, they could win. And it it didn't matter how many people won. Like the goal was everyone should win. And of of course my boss was like freaking out because he's like, well, what if everyone wins? That's gonna cost us a fortune. They said, yeah, but um, if if everyone wins that means we will have sold millions of dollars of product. So you can afford it. Like who cares? Like, isn't that what you want? Um, Anyway, it it totally changed the way we, we did this contest for probably a good two and a half, three years. Um, and then, as Covey talks about here, in terms of uh, structuring it so that where you where you should be cooperating, you you build the system to cooperate. So within the, the four walls of the store, they all cooperated with each other, the different departments. But the regional uh, operations managers, they ended up, you know, they would take their ten stores and they would create a competition with, you know, the guy in the other region. So to see if his stores, his 10 stores can be better than the other guy's 10 stores and they would have a little friendly competition. Um, anyway, it, it, was, it really took on a life of its own. And it was like, it just blew my mind how something so simple as what Covey describes here, it's changing the system and the paradigm. Totally, you know, we had this one item called No Name, the brand is called No Name, No Name Trail Mix, which is like a mix of seeds and nuts and whatever um granola our banner sold more trail mix in one quarter than the entire business had sold in the previous year just because it was put on part of this contest and every store executed right. it so um, i don't know i, I don't know if uh, if the legend of the no-name trail mixes has been forgotten in the law plus business but for a number of years it was like even the most senior people would talk about uh, what a great success that was!
2: Yeah, I think. The, go yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Lynn. Go ahead. Lynn. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead.
1: Just that the yeah, this I mean, this chapter, the whole concept, just that the very idea, you know, win-win, it, it, it really, it really is mind-blowing. And and the only thing that struck me was that you know whether so so, so let's say this is as he says just at the end of page two three seven you know win-win is a frame of mind and heart that constantly seeks mutual benefit in all human interactions. Um, And then he also, a little bit later in the, and a balance between courage and consideration, he says that later on, um, involves having integrity and, let's say, and maturity. He also speaks about emotional maturity and an abundance mentality. The only, let's say, little caveat I sort of see in that is that because it requires cooperation and collaboration, it requires that his, you know, him uh, exposing this, let's say, to one or many, requires that everybody, or, or he suggests rather, that people take on or create or have or get or obtain, a mindset well then that will de- entirely depend on somebody's point of view whether they want it or not mm. but if we come from a I'm thinking if we come from a principles perspective and think about the idea that the the idea of win-win from a, a principles perspective let's say in that abundance maturity integrity courage consideration are perhaps already resident within us so we don't need to or acquire it or seek it it's already there to be used within a a, a collaborative attempt Mm -hmm. but it would require that people of course are pointed in that direction to say hey guys you know it your kind of negative approach can never work long term because your natural spirit, your natural inner self will always guide you in the right direction to make it a win win situation anyway. Mm. And that's just kind of the only little bit that sort of jumped out at me. Yeah. That, you know, is that you don't actually even have to acquire the mindset or have a mindset because yeah. you've already got it, really.
0: Yeah. I think for me, that the way you've described that is, is the key is that they have to have an insight. Like the, the insight is what unlocks all those attributes that are already there within them. Um,
1: exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And perhaps had I said that better, perhaps uh, a collaborative attempt between, let's say, Jamie Smart, Sid Banks and Stephen Covey would rewrite. <laughs> May he rest in peace, of course, Stephen yeah. Covey. You know, would rewrite to sort of induce an insight around the the win win mm. thinking.
0: Yeah.
1: To the readers. Yeah. If you like. It's
0: funny because the, there's a model that we used to use called the five F model, and it, and we it, when I, we got shown this originally at work, it was uh, people's reaction to change, but it was like on on the one end of the continuum was foe. I think it went foe, fighter, fence sitter, friend, and family. Mm-hmm. and the idea was that you know so we launched this new contest and, and everyone is going to sit somewhere in those five f's foe fighter and sitter friend or family and the idea was to focus on the family and friend end of the continuum and celebrate the victories and so on and people on the other end of the continuum they would start having insights basically i never thought about it that way until just this moment but they would have insights that oh my what are those guys doing over there that's so they look like they're having fun, they're having so much success. Maybe I won't I won't resist this as much. I'll be open to trying this, you know, to sell these products and see what happens. Maybe I can do it. And like I'm seeing it all now framed in terms of insight. And as each person or store would have an insight around what was what they were capable of or what was possible for them. They would kind of move along that that continuum. And instead of having say an equal distribution of people across all five categories, the idea was to to you know really distribute every you know, wanted as many people in that friend and family side of the, the equation as possible. Um and that's kind of how it, it ended up working out. The other thing that's jumping out at me just right. that I hadn't thought about prior to this conversation was um in all this talk about emotional bank account and relationships and win-win, win-win, win-lose, lose-win. I'm just starting to think about it in the context of self, right? Like, mm. what about your your relationship with yourself?
2: Mm. You know,
1: uh,
0: do we make the you know deposits in our own emotional bank account, or are we making withdrawals when we beat ourselves up or dwell on our limiting beliefs, et cetera, et cetera? Um, you know, do we go for win-win with ourselves? Um, I can think of lots of examples where I've gone for lose-lose or
2: mm. lose-win or
0: win-lose or whatever so i'm just this whole
1: yeah element
0: that, of it is kind of just
1: yeah exploding in of front thing. of my
0: eyes right now as, as yeah, we're,
1: yeah.
0: we're talking about sort it of
1: just describes to, yeah you've just described a bit better what i was i think trying to say before you know the idea that the whole thing has to start from self Ooh. the relationship within yeah before it can yeah. in, expand into any <laughs> Organization, if you feel yeah. what I mean. Yeah. I, I mean,
0: I could almost see like this uh, the relationship between who you really are and your ego. Uh,
2: yeah. In, in
0: terms of this, the relationship element of this, and, and you know, can you do things that are a win win for you? Like the, the places where your ego really puts up a fight is probably because however it's been arranged or set up, it feels to the ego like it's a lose win. Like the, the situation. Yeah. Yeah. Resisting yeah.
2: yeah, indeed. Yeah. And if we're stepping up, just to to go a bit further on from there, if we're if we're in a, a work situation or if you take any of the scenarios you just went through, Greg, if you have those groups of people in there they're in that situation and within themselves, they're not in a win-win place. Mm-hmm. But putting debits into the emotional bank account of other people, that's kind of hard because you're not there for yourself. Yeah, You know, if you're not doing that within yourself, you might find that a struggle to do for other people. So yeah, it takes us right back to, yeah. that's a really cool way to look at.
0: It's interesting, because I mean, I've seen with lots of people that they're great at, at making other people happy and making deposits for other people and they're, but they don't take care of themselves. Like they're, you know, they'll, uh, um, it's funny. I I posted the other day, um, the seven habits of highly ineffective people. I don't know if you saw my post and and I had one of my LinkedIn um, connections reply saying number seven, which is the, the real habit. Number seven is sharpen the saw Um, which is all about taking care of yourself. And the the habit seven of highly ineffective people is burn yourself out. And it was like (laughs) number seven always. And I thought there's so many people out there who even it sounds absurd that that somebody would set themselves up as a habit to burn themselves out. But so many people operate as if that was their goal. Um, Yeah. And, you know, I think, you know, those people are doing so many things for other people but they're not taking care of themselves.
1: Yeah, and that sounds like a huge emotional deposit. Yeah. You know, sort of all, but not you know, you're not depositing it in your own account. You're yeah. depositing it yeah. somewhere else. It is a lose it's a
0: it lose win, right? Like everyone else absolutely. is winning, but you're, yeah ultimately you're going to lose because you're yeah. be off work or in the hospital or worse. Yeah.
1: Yeah. we're going to
0: see it, this whole win, win go ahead.
1: Sorry. Yeah, just I was going to say it's actually in the in the little in the paragraph he writes more than a paragraph. He writes with about win lose. Indeed, it's it is. It would be taken from the understanding, and he says in it's about the third, the third bigger paragraph when he says whenever love is given on a conditional basis, Mm. like there's the misunderstanding. You know, when you're giving love on a conditional basis, you're also going to burn out very quickly. You know you can see that that is yeah. staring you in the face and and of course again from a principles point of view we know that love by nature is unconditional and it can never come from that place not in the true sense not in the true sense that is going to give you a huge emotional win let's say with yourself mm. and with others yeah
0: in that same party, I found it interesting that he, he talked about psychosomatic illnesses, particularly mm. with respiratory, nervous, and ci- circulatory system stuff, like just how living through from a lose win paradigm manifests itself into in physical symptoms uh, mm. in our bodies. And kind of to, to what you were talking about earlier, it's, it's like it's such a a misalignment of our true nature. To, yeah. And so the, you know, our system will uh, kick back and, and you'll get sick.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, and it's, yeah. it'll it's just speaking up. It's finally speaking up. Like I can't stand this anymore. Yeah. Stop. You know, like yeah. screaming at you. Yeah. Hence the, you know, in, in the real physical um, expression.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And well, that's working with Ollie and, and trying to fix my knee injury you know, that's exactly the conclusion we've come to. Is like, you know, you're the the pain doctor is trying to send you a message here that, you know, the path yeah. that you're on is not uh not working out for you. There,
2: not working. Yeah, yeah. clever, isn't it? Yeah, clever. yeah, very clever. It's very clever. Yeah, wisdom
0: yeah. has a way of being clever. Yeah, wisdom has a way of
2: being clever.
1: Yeah, and and we we're very. The ego is very, very clever, as you mentioned it before, at um, telling you it's something else, Ooh. which, of course, we know it never
2: is. Yeah,
0: the the ego has a very good press secretary.
1: Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> <Exactly. laughs> Top notch.
0: Making up stories. <laughs> yes.
1: <you know>. Yeah, <laughs> does indeed.
2: Mm.
0: Um, I, I thought a lot about this win-win too in the context of coaching, right? Like we're really trying to create a win-win scenario or relationship with our clients. Even even uh, I've been on this enrollment course recently, but just learning about enrolling people in a vision of a better life for themselves and so on. But it's, you know, this, the, the win-win nature of a coaching relationship, like, you should hire me as your coach because you, I can help you get all these things that you want. And I I win because I get to have you as a client and help you get there. Like it's, um, I really see the whole coaching relationship as kind of a the epitome of a win-win construct.
1: Yeah, and, and it, it for us, I'm kind of thinking for us coaches and, and maybe not everybody, I'm sure not everybody. So I'll perhaps speak for myself you know when there are doubts and uh difficulties as is if you're starting out as a coach you know in having those clients because a lot of the the difficulties that you're going to be facing are indeed around your own emotional deposits in mm. whether you're winning or losing in any given situation with a client mm. but when when we kind of realize that the the the, the only way forward or that or have a deep belief and trust that win win is the only way forward then that kind of consolidates the grounding in the work that you do it's sort of a a a, a kind of a a pre idea if you like something that has to be in place before you start otherwise you're working on shaky ground you know mm-hmm. if it's if it's win lose or lose win or lose lose or whatever or win lose it, it you know anything other than that is gonna is gonna well knock the wind out yourself, I think. <laughs> you know, moving forward with clients, perhaps, from that aspect.
2: I I pulled out um which I kept it's kind of got to spoke to me around the coaching piece. I think it's page two five four, so it's skipping around a little bit where he He goes through, um, on the bottom of the page there, the desired results, the guidelines, the resources, accountability, consequences. And just reading through those, that's exactly the conclusion that I came to, that the combination of those things are win-win in all relationships, whether it's our coaching relationships or personal relationships or relationships at work. uh, so the resources, what that to me that speaks to what you have, what you've got going for you. So when we we're thinking about our clients and their resources, that's what they've got going for them. We re- we know that we can rely on that because they can rely on that. That's that's gonna do the work for them. Um, and then just going through all these, that kind of spoke to me directly. To you know, that's if we if we trust in that, then then there only is win win. Mm. and, you know, are learning from them and they're learning from us. And, yeah.
0: Yeah, when like I read that. that, I thought of that. It's like a blueprint for a good coaching proposal.
2: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Desired results, guidelines, resources, accountability, consequences. Absolutely, yeah. 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 And I think it spoke directly there too, as well, there was something about encouraging creativity, um, which is, you know, what we're always mm. always trying to do. Yeah.
0: You mentioned earlier, Elaine, the, the maturity, and, and I highlighted this on 248. Maturity is the balance between courage and consideration.
2: Mm-hmm. And I love
0: the fact that the word courage came up so many times here because you know yeah. Jamie, Jamie bangs on about courage all the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, it, to me, it was just, oh, here's just another example of the alignment between
1: yeah.
0: what the seven habits are pointing to and, and what the principles are pointing to. Yeah,
1: um, yeah.
0: And, you know the, the example I gave before about that manager having to uh, address something with her employee like all she needed was a little bit of courage and uh off to the races so um...
1: yeah this I I <laughs> I've just noticed I I have I've just highlighted practically the the two pages from halfway down to page 250 251 mm. um And I didn't highlight anything in particular, but I've just made a little side note. And and what I've written is is there's some aspect of when we move away from the idea of those labels that identify us, you know, like I'm courageous, I'm not courageous, I'm a good salesperson, I'm a bad salesperson, I'm a nice, whatever, whatever those labels are, that when, when through it, it, because this it's speaking to something. or as I say, I haven't underlined which bit, but it's something about how Stephen Covey doesn't use the word, but it's speaking to the connection and and how we can like if we're, when we're connected and when we can see in ourselves that we're not the label. But we can see our true identity when the true identity contains perhaps a notion of the label, if you like. So, in the case of courage, you know, it's not it's not a label that you can acquire. It's something that you have. Um, as again, I say, I didn't really underline anything particular, but it, that that seemed to be relevant, you know, in this, in the idea, in the idea of the abundance mentality, in the idea mm. that again, it's not something that you need. We don't need to add anything. It's not, it's subtractive. We add, we don't need to add stuff to have abundance. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: So we don't, you know, the courage is already there. We don't need Mm. to go out and look for some courage today, guys, you know, you might not find it, you know, it's already there. (laughs) Yeah. And the same, and the same as, you know, he compares it to the, the scarcity mentality. Well, like no, because again, that implies that you're you're lacking something. Well, of course, mm. we're not lacking yeah. anything.
0: Yeah. Yeah, the scarcity, this whole scarcity abundance thing, really like, you know, I don't want to oversimplify things, but it seemed to me at the time like every major problem in the world that's going on right now is a yeah. is a um, function of the scarcity mentality. Yeah. Right. Like. Uh, in order for me to get a bigger piece of the pie, you need to take a smaller piece of the pie.
2: You need to suffer, yeah, yeah.
0: And you don't have to look very far to see see examples of that in the world. But uh, I love when he says the abundance mentality, on the other hand, flows out of the deep inner sense of personal worth and security. And Mm -hmm. to me, that again, that's pointing to uh, our true nature, who we really are. Like when when you're truly in touch with who you really are
1: yeah,
0: the abundance—it's it, it, not even a question. It's just—it's so obvious. <laughs> um, and uh, like I, I don't know—I think of it as the, you know there's enough pie for everyone. Like just you know um, ha- have as big a piece as you want. Like it's yeah. it's okay. Um, yeah. And I think you know for me in my own business, I've caught myself sometimes thinking about things from a scarcity perspective. But I, and then I think of Jamie, you know, t- saying, you know, the, the universe is constantly throwing clients at you. You're just oblivious to it most of the time. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: Um, and it's true. Like there's the, there's there's enough um, enough out here for everybody.
1: Oh, indeed. And there's enough in each each and every single one of us mm. for you know, a, 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 total like sense of fulfillment, if you like, it doesn't, it doesn't even require the going out there again to get it. Cause we've, yeah. we've already already got that. Yeah. So it kind of, it kind of um, cancels the idea of either abundance or scarcity. Yeah. It's just, we, you know, we, each and every one of us, we, we just are enough We'll stop.
0: I was just thinking, like even if you took, say, the top hundred coaches in the world, and they said, say, had a thousand clients, right? Whatever that is, that's a uh, hundred thousand people. Well, that's still people, yeah. 6 yeah. Billion yeah. 99, billion <laughs> 99 million You know, whatever the number is, yeah. like there's yeah. there's plenty of people. Out there. There's plenty to
2: go around. Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: I highlighted the the word Lay Miserables because he was referring to uh uh plays and things. And mm. my, I don't know if you guys have seen Lay Mis, but it's one of my f- favorite uh
2: yeah.
0: favorite plays. Just before the pandemic, I had bought tickets for my wife and daughter and I to go see it and it got canceled. And I've been waiting. It's coming back, I think, next early next year. So um I'm looking forward to seeing that. Yeah. Thanks. On uh, 253 says, because win-win is a principle, people can validate it in their own lives. You'll be able to bring most people to a realization that they will win more of what they want by going for what you both want. Mm. And to me, it was like his use of the uh, the word, word realization um, him pointing to, you know, the idea that because something's a principle, people can validate it for themselves. You know, like Jamie says all the time, because these are principles, I don't have to to defend them or to prove them like they're self-evident they're there for the scene and for, you know people so he you know don't he always says don't take anything i say as the truth go go find out for yourself in your own experience because he knows if the, if the principles are what he thinks they are then they're there to be discovered and experienced um and to ring true for everyone mm. So again, it was just a and I, you know, yes, certain key things. things that were kind of resonating with me.
1: Yeah, I don't know if did did we mention just the last bit? Just going back again, the last bit of the abundance mentality. Didn't, and then you know, he practically says it in, you know, he doesn't write it in capital letters, but it's almost you know the. But remember, if we search deeply enough within ourselves, beyond the scripting, beyond the learned attitudes and behaviors. The real validation of win-win as well as every other correct principle is in our own lives mm. Mm. so i thought that kind of jumped out at me as well yeah, I yeah. yeah
2: one of the um the last things that i picked up on was sort of, It it sort of felt like a little bit of a a summary i feel like uh so it skips ahead a little bit to i don't know what page now. oh yeah p- pretty much pretty much highlighted all of page 265 <laughs> mm-hmm. i don't know that spoke to me quite a lot but he's he says win-win is not a personality technique but it's rather a total paradigm of human interaction mm-hmm. and that just it, it was it kind of interesting that it was yeah well it's kind of put at the end it summarizes Exactly that, and um, if we think about about the principles and the, the notion of of connection, and we're all connected, and there's nothing you can do about that, it just is. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's that's the only that's the only way it can mm-hmm. can transpire.
0: Just as as you've said that, just the um, you know the notion of win win, it's kind of like um, the non duality. Like there isn't, mm-hmm. you know, the 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 true nature of the universe is win win. It's one. It's one thing. Yeah,
2: it's one. Yeah, it, yeah.
0: It's that's So mm-hmm. yeah. wow.
1: Yeah,
2: that's funny. I wrote down another said quote actually before we came on, which was, um, "We are one with no separation except for the illusion we have of our bodies," mm-hmm. which. I think I wrote that down after I read that, the total paradigm of human, human interaction because that felt like that, the, the oneness. Nice.
0: Does that seem like a good place to uh, bring this mm. to close?
1: Yeah, sounds, I like that. That's and next time we're
0: it. gonna do habit five. Which is mm-hmm. uh, seek first to understand, then to be understood. Which, if, if there's ever been a habit that's related to coaching, that's for gotta, coaching. Well. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Listen, listen, listen. Yeah. Exactly.
0: Yeah. All right. Thanks so much, guys. That was fun.
2: Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you.